Hello, my name is Pastor Nathan, and welcome to session three of the Relational Christianity course. This session three is entitled, Making Disciples, a Relationship with People. So hopefully at this point, you've gone through both session one in the booklet, uh, that you've taken some time to address the questions that are discussed in each of those sessions. Um, and hopefully at this time, you've gone through session three, making disciples a relationship with people either on your own or with a group, um, and that you've had some time to to pray, uh, to be intentional about the questions that are that are asked in that session. And the hope with the audio recap is that it will, if anything, just reaffirm what was discussed or what you discovered working through session three. But maybe, God willing, there's some more revelation for you uh, as we discuss the idea of making disciples and having our relationship with the people around us. Um, So the idea in the Relational Christianity course, as you've heard before uh, with the, the previous two recaps, is we're always talking about quality over quantity. So this course is not designed so that you can just complete it, so that it will teach you some information that will be useful, but that this is really designed to be a tool and a resource for you to take a moment, be still, ask God to show you your heart, and for him to reveal himself to you as your father in heaven, and for him to open your eyes to see the truth of Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that your heart would begin to change and transform through that process. And beyond that, what God is doing in your life, that is really between you and him. That there is no no, uh, achievement or certificate for having completed what you're doing in this course, but that there really is an intention to just embrace what God is doing in your heart and in your life through this resource, the booklet, maybe with the group, and these audio recaps. So in this session three, we're talking about our relationship with people. So we've already discussed the idea of the relationship with God as our Father, as our Creator, as the living God, that we've discussed in session two, the relationship with Jesus, and also the relationship with the Holy Spirit. And hopefully, as that has revealed truth in your life, now it's naturally bringing us to that next natural relationship we ought to assess and evaluate for its quality, the relationship with people around us and our command to go and make disciples. Now, that that is, that is one thing and, and a place that we're going to start. The idea that making disciples is not an optional thing to do for a Christian. And as we've looked into the other areas and other relationships with God, our Father and Creator, and Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit as our counselor and teacher, we have to look at that commandment that Jesus makes at the end of the Gospel of Matthew to his disciples to go and make disciples as a commandment. In the same way that we might look at something like that we, uh, the, that we shouldn't commit adultery, or that we shouldn't murder, we shouldn't hate, we shouldn't steal, These are commandments that as we are transformed and born again, that our heart seeks to not do those things, seeks to not pursue those things and to hold our ground, empowered by the Holy Spirit to say, I will not commit adultery, not because I'm obeying to receive something in return, but because that is not righteous and my heart desires not to take that. 
In the same way, we ought to look at our commandment to make disciples as something that just naturally ought to come with our transformed life. But it can become complicated because just the idea to go and make disciples in our mind conjures up this assumption that there must be a process. There must be a way to do that in the same way that you would make something else. If you want to make a table, there is a, a, a process to do that. A process that you ought to go find materials or that you ought to find the right tools to, to create that product. And I think it's a, 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 a dangerous thought process to start going down the idea of making disciples as a process. And that is why the subheading of this section is it's a relationship with people. The key in there is a relationship. So what you're going to see, hopefully that you've maybe already seen in session three, but that maybe this audio recap will, will just reaffirm is that the idea of making disciples is not a set process that we just engage in, in some kind of mechanical way, but that the idea of making disciples has everything to do with relationship, has everything to do with a heart that has been born again, that loves impulsively and intentionally, that has everything to do with empathy, has everything to do with understanding that you're loving people, and that it also incorporates knowledge, incorporates testimony, incorporates transformation, self-sacrifice, suffering, perseverance, all of these things that hopefully, as we know, as faithful and genuine disciples to Jesus, that are just part of our lives as Christians. But I want to just emphasize that if we have taken an approach to making disciples as some kind of process, that we're already starting to go down the wrong road. So maybe that is just a point of conviction for you right now at the very beginning of this audio recap. A few minutes in, maybe that's a moment just to stop. And as we've talked about in in some of the audio recaps before, this is not an idea that you have to necessarily listen to the whole thing in one go or go through the booklet in one go. Stop where the Holy Spirit is. Is leading you to stop. And if that's a place, if you maybe are a leader in a church, or maybe you've just approached the idea of disciple making as some kind of process, stop. As we talked about in our last session, repent, knowing that God is forgiving and merciful and does not have his hand cocked back to hit you or strike you. But that conviction can be healthy in the process of transformation. And that is what we're all about. That is what we're all about as Christians is being transformed into the likeness of Christ daily. So again, discipleship making, disciple making is not a process, but has everything to do with love, which is what the gospel is about. So the first section in session three, making disciples a relationship with people, is the idea of teaching as a student. So as, as someone who believes in Jesus, the idea of making disciples... Essentially what that is, is you're wanting more people to believe in Jesus. You're wanting more people to understand who Jesus is. All of the things we discussed in session one and two, those relationships with God, the father and creator of Jesus as the Lord and Messiah and savior, all those things. That's all we want. That's, that's what we want to see in other people. And that's where we, we go in that direction of making a disciple 
disciples making disciples. That just becomes the natural desire in our heart is to see more people understand who Jesus is and give their lives to him. But it can so often become that process approach where we have the know and we have the, the knowledge and information and we are teaching others. And intentionally, maybe unintentionally, we become the authority. We become the leader. Those are dangerous words. Dangerous words for sinners and people that have been humbled and saved by grace. So as we're telling other people about Jesus, as we're leading others to give their lives to Jesus and be transformed by the Holy Spirit, we have to always understand and remember that we are an ongoing student understanding who God is, understanding what the gospel is about, understanding the amazing, unending love that God has for us, that he's revealed to us in Jesus Christ. That we are not the people that have learned everything and now are in a position of authority to teach everyone else. So if this is a moment of conviction to realize that maybe you're just teaching a lot and you're showing everyone else what they ought to know and what they should do, that we need to repent for that. That we have to embrace the identity of a child that is constantly learning. Someone that is constantly in need That we should never be walking a life as a Christian where we never need anything, where we know all the answers. In that section, we looked at that idea of being comfortable saying, I don't know. There's a lot of weight and baggage that comes along with us as a leader or a Christian that is intent to make disciples saying, I don't know. Waves of conviction start to come upon us. Why don't I know? I should know. I've been a Christian longer. I should know this, but maybe not because you're still a child. You're still a disciple and we're still being counseled and taught and led by the same Holy Spirit that is doing the same thing in the person that knows nothing about Jesus that we're praying, believes in him and accepts him as their Lord and Savior. So the fact check and the reality is that you are a student now. There are things in your life that you don't understand that God is teaching you now. That you have not arrived. That you are not finished with the race yet. And that that experience, that that realization is a uniting factor in your relationship with someone that you are sharing the gospel with, that you pray becomes a disciple. We have to protect that nature of a child in us to desire to be flexible, moldable, teachable, and humbled by the fact that we don't know everything. And that if you don't know, if you're leading somebody that doesn't know anything about the gospel but is seeking to know and you don't know, That just you acknowledging to them that I don't know, but then encouraging them that our God is a God that desires us to ask and then provides answers and solutions and provision in return. And therein opens the door for you to share testimonies of how he does that. So you see, the glory doesn't fall on you. 
knowing everything or having everything ready. But the glory then is redirected to the Father in heaven who will provide for that question that will lead that person to a greater understanding that leads them to an experience of the gospel and transformation in Jesus' name. But we have to remember that we are students. We are learning. And if we're fighting that, if we don't like that, not to reject it, but to allow the Lord to show us our heart and change us. The second section in session three is the idea of teaching as a non-believer. I think if you've been in church for a long time uh, or if you've, you've grown up as a Christian, there are just things that we accept, things that are obvious. We address this uh, in, in the last session, the idea that, well, of course, Jesus is real. Why would I ever think otherwise? Of course, he's real. That's silly to not even believe that. I want to know the deeper questions. I want to know the harder questions. But when we're thinking about our relationship with people, making disciples, we have to be able to connect with that person, not being able to have faith in that specific thing. We have to be modeling the tension that we feel, not that we understand they might feel, but that we feel every day that God calls us further out into the water to walk and to trust him. And that we struggle with that. And that there are certain things that are happening in our life that we can't believe, that, are, that test our faith. And that maybe we can remember a time when it wasn't so easy to believe in the miracles that we read in the Gospels. That it wasn't so easy to believe in the miraculous birth of Jesus. That it wasn't always easy to believe in the resurrection or the feeding of the 5,000. That we can relate to those that we are loving and sharing the gospel with that we understand that some things are hard to believe. That we understand that there is a tension to living as thinking, reasoning beings that believe in supernatural, extraordinary things. And that through there comes compassion and empathy and love that we can unite with them in that process to allow that mustard seed of faith to move a mountain. And again, I emphasize that this is not something that we tell them there used to be a time when I had a hard time believing things, but now it's not hard. I believe everything, but that we have ongoing testimonies in our own life that might not be the same subject, but we can share in that experience of being called to believe in something or step forward in faith in a way that tests us because of our flesh. So we have to be able to love others by finding commonality. That if we are always taking the position of the teacher that never has a question, that knows all the answers, or the teacher that never questions God, that always has faith, that everything is always good, do we not see how exclusive that feels to someone that is stepping forward in faith and vulnerability to say, I want to understand, but I don't know it. I want to believe, but I have questions. That posture of that teacher is so off-putting and so exclusive 
And it's not true because Jesus tells us to become like a child. So we must have questions. And we must be able to understand that there was a time that we didn't believe. There was a time where we had a, had a, had a hard time accepting the gospel, that we are sinners, that we are called to repentance, that we have been healed, that we didn't believe the miracles. So again, we're not in the business right now with this course of just making ourselves feel good. Feeling good means nothing is futile if we are not acknowledging the truth of the gospel, which is eternal. So right now, if if, if these are hard questions, if you find yourself as someone that identifies with that teacher type of role, again, don't take this as a moment to feel condemned and feel devastated that you might not be doing the right thing, but take this as a gift of grace that God loves those he disciplines. Discipline and conviction is proof that God is engaged with your life and wants you to grow. So we can praise the Lord for that and say, thank you, God, that you are so active and intentional in my life. The third section in this session is entitled following God's schedule and plan. Now, this speaks into the idea of disciple making as some kind of process. It's very common Um, that you will see a a, a program designed to make disciples in a specific period of time. Now, that there is is a, a dose of hypocrisy in our relational Christianity course because when we offer it as a course for people that we gather, it is a 10 week course. It is a set period of time. So there's tension there for myself as I as I lead preaching that there is no set schedule and plan. But that's really done out of respect for people's schedule and time and really to try and be as effective as we can with what we've been given. But within that 10-week course, there must still be flexibility to be following the direction of the Holy Spirit for what's necessary, not my goal to check off a course in 10 weeks. So, for example, if there is someone that's taking the course that at a certain point feels like they just can't move on to the next thing yet, that they are feeling like the Lord is saying, I want you just to stay here, that they're in session one and we're having a meeting for session two and they're just feeling like God is saying, I want you just to spend more time getting to know me as your father, as your creator, as the living God then that's my job as someone that is leading, someone that is the disciple desiring to make disciples, to be obedient to that and not to fight that and to say, well, that will throw off our course. So let's just keep going. There has to be flexibility. There has to be faith. So often faith gets left out in the business of making disciples, which is really our command of course, we're, we're called to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and then to love others as ourselves, yes. But the active go out and do command is to make disciples. So that's really what all of our lives should be concerned with. We all have our, 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 our own specific professions. 
But through that, our command is to be making disciples through those professions. We ought to be sharing the truth of the gospel in those professions or wherever God has us. But we have to understand that we are not in charge of the timetable. And that if God is leading outside of our timetable, that it is it is of utmost importance to be obedient to that. To see that if we wander from that directive from the Holy Spirit, that we might be causing more problems for that person, that we might be creating obstacles for that person becoming a disciple because our pride will not let go of the control of the schedule. Now, with all that, we have to believe that God knows our heart. He knows why we're doing it. So, for example, that is the step of faith that I take when I do the 10-week course. I say, Father, I understand your sovereignty over the plan, but this is a, a period of time I believe will be fruitful for people to reset in their faith. I have to trust that God sees my heart, that I'm not doing that to limit his control. So again, there is grace, but we have to ask the Lord constantly to show us our heart. Are we clinging to our schedule because we want to have control over when things happen, when things get done, when they start, and when they finish? He is in control. And the Holy Spirit, as we understood from the last session, is our counselor. He is how we do anything that yields fruit for the kingdom. The next section in this session is the idea of investing with empathy. So as we gather people, as we share the gospel with other people, we're inevitably going to encounter people that have a hard time accepting, hard time understanding the truth. So it's not necessarily an issue of faith. It's the issue of something being taught that just takes a long time to make sense to someone. That can really become a challenge in loving people if you're in the role of leader or facilitator or someone that is a disciple making disciples, sharing the truth of Jesus with people. That really causes us to go deep into how much we love others. And if we're just using our tank of patience and perseverance, we're going to run out. We're going to get resentful of how hard we're trying to be patient and how they're not giving us anything in return because they just don't seem like they are trying to understand. The only way that we're going to overcome that obstacle of people that we are leading, that we're sharing the truth with, that just have a hard time understanding and learning different things about who God is, what the gospel is, what their call as disciples is, is if we are investing with empathy. That if we understand that in God's eyes, we are children that take a long time to really understand, not just learning, not just seeing information and memorizing, but understanding. I believe that a disciple of Jesus has certain things in their life that are lessons that keep coming up year after year after year. Now, God willing, there are other things that you can see that you didn't understand, that there was a period of time that you sought understanding, and then you had understanding. And those are are definitely moments that are available for a disciple. Plenty of those. But there are also going to be those moments 
where you can reflect on year after year that you did not understand. And that, again, is the bridge. That's the commonality. That is your level ground that you can be meeting with someone that is seeking to know Jesus and empathize and understand and be united with them to say, let's learn, let's grow together. Here's what I struggle with. Here's the thing that's hard for me to learn. And here are the ways and examples that I can see that God keeps teaching me the same thing and I keep not getting it. So it's not a a, a common ground or level ground where you can meet someone that wants to know Jesus and say, see, we never have to understand. See how forgiving he is? No, we can accept that God is very patient and gracious with us, but that we can be in the process with them, linked together in prayer and in fasting and trusting the Holy Spirit, that God willing, we will learn and we will change. Again, it comes back to love. It always comes back to love. If we've received the love of Christ, we are quick to love others with the love of Christ. The final section in session three is the idea of training to sustain. Now, this is one of those things that often is a flaw in your average make a disciple program. There tends to be a heavy focus on information, but not a heavy focus on intentional and effective application. So if we look at the commandment to disciples by Jesus to go and make disciples, in its nature is a cycle of disciples making disciples making disciples. It should never end. So if someone has become a disciple of Jesus in their life as a transformed person, child of God, born again in Jesus' name, we ought to be equipped to go out and make other disciples. Now, as we've talked about in this session, in this audio recap and in the booklet, and as we've kind of led to this, been led to this point by the previous sessions, this is not about having the right moves to do a certain thing. This is not learning how to make tables, so then you can make tables. This is encountering the reality of the living God, encountering the truth and the power of the gospel, having your own testimony and encounter with the Holy Spirit and your creator God and being changed by the love and grace that we receive on the cross and the power and hope we have in the resurrection and the Holy Spirit with us to do the impossible that leads us out to share the gospel and to love others as we have been loved. And in that transformed life, in that disciple, they will go out and make disciples. But there must be a reset by brothers and sisters in Christ to make sure that that's happening. Because oftentimes, you'll find a lot of people that have learned something, but then retreat to a corner. And that is the precise opposite of what Jesus tells us. He says, go into all nations, go. There must be an intentional and proactive forward motion in disciples to go share the word. So that doesn't necessarily mean everyone needs to become a missionary and go to a different country to share the gospel, but in your family, are you open with your faith? And if you're not, why are you afraid? 
Why are you insecure? Maybe that will, will, will direct you back into some of the previous sessions. Maybe there's, there's a, a, a weakness in your relationship with God as your father. Maybe there's a weakness in your understanding of the gospel. Maybe there is no clear testimony that you have of encountering the living God. Maybe it's just information. So we have to be willing to address why we're in the corner, why we retreat. Because a disciple goes and makes disciples, and they don't do that because they have a process and a program, but because they are led and sent out because of love, because they have experienced a power like no other, and they've experienced a hope that has no parallel, and they cannot stay still but they have to tell others. They have to take that love and take it to other people because there is nothing in the world like it, nor will there ever be anything like it. And that their joy comes from going out and telling others, do you know Jesus? Have you encountered the hope in Jesus? And to witness other people transformed in his image and see those mountains move with mustard seed, tiny, bits of faith that becomes our joy so in the end ultimately the idea of making disciples is about having a relationship with people do we love people and as we're leading them to understand Jesus does the way we lead testify to how we love them or does it testify of how we love to lead how we love to be in control how we love to be a dominant figure in someone else's life through information, knowledge, manipulation? Is it all about us or is it all about Jesus and how much we have been loved and therefore want to love in return? And can we see the fruit that other people around us are encountering the love of Christ, not because we're making disciples out of them, but because we are opening the door for them to encounter the love of Christ through us? Even with this, it's quality over quantity. It's not about how quickly you're doing it, how many people you are making into disciples, but the people that you are sharing the word with, are they really encountering Jesus? So that brings us to the end of our audio recap of session number three. Remember, it's quality over quantity, always. I'm Pastor Nathan, and let's meet again after session four. Thank you.